I am resilient. I trust the movement. I negate the chaos. Uplift the negative. I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Esther Flores and Molly Cruz on the front lines of human trafficking in Columbus, Ohio. Esther Flores founded One Divine Line to Health, a 501c3 public charity, gathering medical supplies for local and international clinics. In Columbus, she operates two safe houses that serve survivors of human trafficking, domestic violence, and addiction. Her team supports sex workers on the streets by feeding and providing first aid, Narcan, clothes, and she operates the Love Drop-In Center. In January 2021, she opened the first full-time drop-in center for women, their children, and transgender folks caught in the dark world of human trafficking. She created the Hilltop Butterfly Community Garden and in the summer produces the Camping in the Hood is Good event. Esther Flores received her bachelor degree in nursing from The Ohio State University, a bachelor degree in physical anthropology, biology, and chemistry from Lehman College, and an MBA in healthcare administration from the University of Phoenix. She is an advocate for the Ohio Health Sexual Assault Response Network of Central Ohio and a certified trauma-informed and responsive trainer by Tri-State Trauma Network. Molly Cruz is a certified peer supporter and a survivor using her lived experience to help other women in crisis. She currently is studying to get her bachelor's in addiction recovery services through Clark State, including her chemical dependency counselor assistant training. She has been working at One Divine Line to Health for five months, and it has been the most rewarding and simultaneously heartbreaking work she's ever been a part of. Just yesterday, a Columbus man was indicted for five felony counts, human trafficking and persons, rape, compelling prostitution, promoting prostitution, and commercial sexual exploitation of a minor. Last weekend was the Arnold Sports Festival, which spikes human trafficking in central Ohio. And in October 2021, Ohio Knows was the largest human trafficking sting in Ohio history, a net of 161 individuals, including a city councilman, a firefighter, a college professor, all arrested for attempting to buy sex. Your work, Esther and Molly, is on the front lines of this crime. Your work is a bright light of hope, help, and belonging for the victims of human trafficking. Welcome, Esther and Molly. Let's talk about One Divine Line to Health, your nonprofit charity. Let's start with you, Esther. Um, What I can say right now is um, being in the grassroots, in the front lines, um, for six years, literally working with the human trafficking victims, the issue is not getting any better. And um, I am very um, grateful that you gave me an opportunity and Molly to speak about our experiences. This is not something we can make up. Every day, Molly can attest to this. We don't know what to expect. Every night, I should say, because there's a difference. Operating a full-time drop-in center in the evening when um, we're talking about non-banker hours, and we already know that, unfortunately, a lot of the violence, a lot of the overdoses are taking place after five Mm o'clock. So when we need the help, we have no help. And um, having Molly has been a breath of fresh air. 
Um, she can empathize. Um, we have been in some crisis situation and haven't had to tell her anything. Um, and even some of our volunteers who have been trained, they are responsive. What people don't understand, and I've been using the word understanding, because if you understand, you need to have a little knowledge. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And then apply knowledge becomes wisdom. And unfortunately, what we've seen is, is that organizations like ours, that we are in the forefront and we are pioneers, we get neglected. Protocols are established and they just don't make sense. Um, our people need people who have compassion. If a woman is being victimized, for example, we've had several domestic violence situations. We had some rape cases. You know, they did not call 911. They came to the drop-in center. You see that? And the neglect in our city and the reason why our numbers are really high is the fact is that we're doing something right. And we are located in the epicenter of human trafficking and drug trafficking. And when you got pimps that are getting caught, how long does it have to take them to capture a pimp when we got Johns who are just getting a slap in their hands, okay, and are not being charged with soliciting? And then our women are being criminalized in being institutionalized in the greatest jail system, which is Jackson Pike, okay? And they're not getting the services that they need. They're homeless when they enter. They're homeless when they're discharged. And it's unsafe. So what we need to do is, is that, you know, like yesterday was March 8th, was um, International Women's Day. And the theme this year is break Break, you hear that? Break gender biases. There's gender biases in the institutional setting, in the correction facility, you know, in the healthcare system. We primarily work with with women. We um, we we work with um, transgender folks. That's another subspecies in society. We have no support from any. Listen to this: LGBTQA plus organizations in our city. We are in the capital. It's been a long, tedious process to even get a hold of the new police chief. I'm going to call her out, Elaine Bryant. She's a colored woman who has ignored my emails since October. We have um, attorney AG, attorney general, Yost, has not responded to my emails. I need to talk to them. They represent law enforcement. Things need to change. You got other corporations that are nonprofits and they're corporations. They don't help us. They don't. Okay. When I say they don't help us, they don't help us. All right. We're going to continue, Esther. I want mm-hmm. to hear from Molly. Molly, what brought you to work with this group? Molly, did I lose you? Let's continue then until she comes back. All right. All right, Esther. I would like to hear who are at the most risk to be trafficked. What? Where do these individuals come from? They're coming from all over. What's new for us in 2022 is we're getting younger girls, 14 and 15 year olds. They're coming from all over the United States. Um, sometimes people think that our, our folks are local. They think that they're local. They're they're from everywhere. They're international. We got all we got girls from all colors, um, ethnic backgrounds, ages. Our oldest woman right now this year is 68 years of age. So we have 14 year olds to about 
18 years old. Anybody's vulnerable. If you're younger, unfortunately, you are more at risk to be to to be kidnapped and to be coerced into this dark world. So Molly, welcome back. I know Zoom technology sometimes is difficult. Welcome back. Tell us how you got involved working with this uh, nonprofit. Working with Esther um, when I got my peer support training through Clark State Community mm-hmm. College. Can you, can you, I can't hear you very well. Can you turn up? Okay. Is that better? Yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Okay. I started working with Esther about five or six months ago. It's been, so I'm a survivor of human trafficking on the streets of Columbus. So the same streets that we serve now. And what appealed to me about working with her is that in my time out there, I, I never had anybody reach out to me. There were so many days that I was out there hungry, hungry and cold, no clothes, you know, and no one ever reached a hand out to me. This is before Esther's time. So it, it struck me as something that was really important work. And the, the more that I'm working with her, the more that I'm seeing, like, we're the only ones out there at these times. And that's why I didn't see anybody. You know, there's, there's nobody out there when these women are out there. And um, to me, it's important to be out there because these women are so beautiful. They, they are so amazing. I, I have, even in the five, six months I've been there, I have story after story of these women that are in my heart. You know, it's hard for me because I've been institutionalized and abused in these institutions. And so I know how these women get treated out there. I know that these cops talk to these women like they are subhuman. They don't talk to them like they're human beings. I've seen the cops tell the Johns that have picked me up and even the pimps who they, you know, drug dealers a lot of days, but they're the same thing. They do the same things that a pimp do. Um, Give them slaps on the hands while arresting me for being on the streets and giving me five, six misdemeanor charges that all add up for one arrest. The same person that was right there with me buying the sex is going home to their kids that night. So I've seen the inequality and I've seen how this victimization just keeps these women down and keeps them from ever finding a way out. They don't have any choices. They have no choices to make. The only choice they have is either go on the streets and fight to survive or die. That's the two choices they have, really. Um, so it's important. And, and I've never been um, kind of hurt by the different institutions, healthcare and the criminal justice system. I had very low trust in people that, you know, provided health care or provided any services. And I've seen Esther do this work with something that's far beyond compassion. Like, I feel like compassion is almost um, underselling it. She treats these women as you would treat your own family members. And there's no condescending nature about it. There's no um, there's just nothing that I, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. And I was on the streets for 15 plus years. So, um, yeah, I just know what she's doing is important and I am so grateful to be a part of it. Awesome. I hear you. Let's talk about your impacts, your drop-in centers, your love bug street outreach, outreach, your Gilgal house houses and the butterfly garden. And I want to make sure we also cover where your funding comes from too. Okay. The um, nonprofit One Divine Line to Health and the plug is 1DL2H.org. 1DL2H.org. You can learn more about us. Is it's pretty much 100% community based. And by by doing so, um, by by this by this method, we have a little bit more freedom 
to do what we do. Um, we are risk takers. And um, risk takers are, we confront drug dealers, we confront pimps, we confront perpetrators. Um, depending, there's obviously always a, a strategy, but when they come to our territory, we, everybody knows. It's all for one and one for all. And our place is considered a safe place. If you come to our drop-in center on the front and on the back door, it says safe place. No cops are allowed. If we need to call the um, the, the cops, we will do it. Um, we only had to do it once, and they were actually very professional. What people need to learn about drop-in centers, um, in order for them to be effective, they need to be trauma responsive. It's not just having a cop in there. You don't do that. You know, when they're jaded by the cops, especially on the West side, when you have cops soliciting too, and they get away with it, you know, they trick and they trip with the women and qualified immunity protects them, you know, and qualified immunity for me doesn't really help. Okay. Our job in Santa last year in 2021, we served 1,769 women. We served um, 63 children. We served two trans female and three trans male. Okay. In the street outreach, which is very important. Those are two to three nights a week. Um, we go out with our love bugs. we got two vehicles. And right now we're, 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 we're utilizing one is that we go out to the four corners and we meet them where they're at. We serve, listen to this, 40, close to 4,100 females, 4,063 females. All right. We served 878 men. We provided clothes, food, um, Narcan when, when they needed it, um, wound care. You imagine these numbers are not getting any better. These numbers are not fabricated because we log them down. These mm -hmm. are direct contact. Who's going to go to the Linden area? Who's going to go to the east side? I mean, no one does this. And I think what I'm learning is when you have a peer supporter, it changes the whole atmosphere because the empathy, the compassion is natural. Yeah. They can relate. Even the conversation with some of the drugs and all of that. And I'm like, wow. You know, like Molly talks about, she remembers when she was sleeping on a refrigerator and they're like, wow. Another girl says, well, I go to my trap house and I sleep in the bathtub. You see, so people don't understand this lifestyle. And this is why drop-in centers are needed. Our safe houses right now, we have two of them. I don't have the staff to, to house girls right now since we opened the drop-in center. So we're focusing on the drop-in center and the street outreach because the need is great. We have so many, Carolyn, homeless folks, people living in the in, in abandoned buildings, in abandoned cars, and then they're being criminalized. I mean, what do we do when we don't even have enough shelters out there? And if you have shelters, they also victimize our women. We have women that come from Nancy's place for Van Buren to our drop and center to take a shower. That is the reality, you know, of where we're at. Does this help you? Okay. Yes. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroots Ohio, and I'm talking with Molly Cruz and Esther Flores. They both are workers and um, helpers of our street sisters and brothers with the nonprofit One Divine Line to Health. What about Molly? What do you see is your biggest need, either financially or people? Um, I think they're kind of both one in one, but we, we need more, more houses. We need more drop-in centers, essentially. Um, the West side isn't the only place this is happening. I, in fact, I was, I was trafficked predominantly on the North side. Um, it's happening 
everywhere. Our numbers are saying the east side right now is where we need it next, but we need at least one on each corner for sure. We need more staffing, which is um, where we need more funding. We can't we can't hire more staff right now because we don't have the funds to be paying everybody this. I mean, honestly, even the one drop-in center with me and Esther there at night, there are times where I'm running so ragged, I feel like I just ran a marathon. These women are coming in with a lot of needs that that we try to fill all of them, but with only two people, there's only so much you can do. So we need more, we need more drop-in centers and we need them at the heart of the city. And we need more peer supporters that are paid to support and be there with Esther. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love the dichotomy of having a trained nurse on site plus a trained like I'm I'm technically mental health field. So that's like the perfect combination right there. Healthcare and mental health together is is a, a double threat there. So, OK, yeah. let's take it from there. What about Adam H.? What about um, the city? What about the county? What about the state? Esther, why aren't we getting funding? Are you because you're not because you're because like you said, you're a um, more free range or why aren't you getting the funding that you need? And this is why we have to dismantle the situation right now. I do have to say we did receive um, uh, funding last year. Um, to a certain part of this year by city by the city, which is great um, city council. And I love Liz Brown. She's been a promote uh, an advocate for women's health issues. Um, Mitch Brown before, you know, he left, you know, we, we sat and we talked about the issues. So it is, it is the reason um, that they came to the drop the center and they saw firsthand because this is a different type of city council. They got to see what was happening and the legislative aid asked the questions. And that is the reason why I have Molly Cruz. Um, it's so challenging because really it's one and a half staff that operates this organization. And it is so hard. No one wants to do this. I spoke to Adam H last week. They yeah. receive all the funds for mental health and substance abuse disorder. They can't help me. They Why not? Me. They don't have the funds. Okay. Like, I was told that you you got to be okay. I'm not in that network because we are freestanding. Okay. I am not a therapist, but I am a nurse, you know, and I have therapeutic skills. Hello. I mean, I've been a nurse for 20 plus years. Okay. But can't you hire a therapist? They can't even hire a therapist. What they're going to try to do is try to find somebody that can come to us. I'm all about not replicating the services. Bring the help to us. Let me give you a heads up. The issue that we're going to be having is you got copycats, and I'm going to say that, but they don't have the heart of the people. We've been consistent for six years in the trenches. The girls may just go in there, get the stuff, but when when hell breaks loose, where are they going to go? They're going to come to Esther because they know that I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that they're protected. This is why these girls who are raped, who get beaten, these girls who get mauled by pit bulls, girls who get shot, where do they come to? They come to us because they know I'm not going to judge them. They know if I tell them you got to go to the hospital, you need to go to the hospital. It would be ideal to have a licensed social worker. Another thing, remember, we're non-banker hours. Who wants to work at seven o'clock? Who wants to work at eight o'clock at night, at 10 o'clock at nighttime? A lot of nurses do. A lot, a lot of, of nurses, nurses work at, and if there was enough funding, you might be able to have people that cover your shifts. That would so be why great. aren't why aren't the funds that are provided for mental health given to a group like yours? 
I wish, you know, Adam H could can actually see that. Um, you know, we were we were trying to talk to, you know, Sue Vallello. She's new. Um, she she's the, the new clinical director at Adam H. And I was telling her we need to look things differently at the grassroots level because we are more trusted. I have relationships with women, you know, like for example, survivors who are raising their kids right now. Um, the activities that we do with our kids. These are hurting people that prefer to work with trusted individuals. So that's why we can't just randomly hire anybody. They have to be trusted people because they know, our community knows that if Esther brings somebody to the drop-in center, to the camping event, in the love bug, that person can be trusted. But it okay, takes Molly, time. Molly, we, we both know that Esther has this gift, right? And People that are drawn to this work have empathy and compassion. And then some people, so we want to get the right people working. So Esther is not going to be here for everyone forever. Right. So how can we as a group, as you as a group, how can you continue to expand and be able to help more people with this? You can't replicate or clone Esther, but we can develop. Can we develop that kind of leadership and be able to take care of the numbers that are growing. So what's your, your take? I mean, I think there's, there's definitely possibilities. I see a lot of possibilities in the peer support field, honestly, um, for being as compassionate as, and as helpful, but the key is once again, right back to funding, because we have to be able to competitively pay our workers. And especially with our hours that we're working, we have to be able, and I mean, I don't, I don't fault anybody for wanting to make a reasonable living wage or a comparable living wage for their field. So some of the most compassionate folks in the world, they're not going to work for the bottom line grant funding that we, yeah. we've got. We need funding that, that can pay to get the good folks in. Okay. Definitely. What about the county commissioners? What about the new county commissioner, Erica Crawley? She has a real empathy. She, she, she actually, what I like about her, I met with her, She's a nice person. Um, yeah. She comes from. This is personal for her too because she, you know, she was she and she she doesn't she admits it. You know, she grew up um, with a mom who was uh, who struggled with substance abuse. So this is personal. They're overwhelmed right now. We did apply for for two grants. We have not heard anything. Um, and all the other grassroots movements that apply. Um, I believe that COVID has created a mess. It's ex. Explosive, and the reason why we see all of this is because of it. And even though we lifted up the ban, um, we have so many people that are homeless, and no one sees them like we do because we are great, graciously accepted. So this is why we see these numbers, and the only way we survive is through the community. That's why we're holding our you know fundraiser on the nineteenth from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. in Westgate so people don't have to worry about their cars being broken into. Um, you know, because we want to tell people their fight is our fight. You can't just cl- cover your eyes and not see the woman or the male who's out there because there are men who are not gay and they're engaged in survival sex, right, Molly? These are good-looking men, but because they have a rash sheet like this long, they can't get a decent job. So... We need to look at other alternatives and it is it is by the community and the grace of God that he's protecting my mind. I've seen some stuff that and Molly knows we cry and and it's not and I never really cried in my job until I started this and it hurts. And the only way we can survive right now to be self-sustainable is to ask the community, you know what, step in, come learn about us um, in this, you know, in this um, fundraiser because you're going to have 
survivors like Molly. And we're also going to have legislators there to speak. And it's not easy. And we're talking about women. That's why we have to to, um, break the gender biases um, and acknowledge people from all walks of life, you know, especially the women. Why is it that we have more women in this world and we still live in a man's world? I mean, if women stepped up to the plate, maybe we could have more compassion and more caregiving strategies that we can protect the most vulnerable in our community. Okay, Molly, can you tell us a little bit about this fundraiser? Okay, so the fundraiser is going to be from 68 p.m. on 19th. March and we're, yes, and um, it's going to be kind of a listen and learn and educate. And, and we're going to have a chicken or a vegan dinner as well. So there'll be a nice little, the plates are 25 a plate, $10 for kids. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to come out and actually see us in action. And we'll have a lot of our materials kind of um, a front lines look at what we do, especially on our like outreach trips. We've, we've had been blessed with a couple of really good photographers that have followed us around a couple of times and gotten some good kind of images of what we're dealing with out there. And it's something that people can go out and listen, learn and and not have to actually, because it's not for everybody. So not everybody can jump in the love bug with us and go on outreach, but you can come and learn and watch these slides and get an idea of what's going on literally in your own backyard. And can it be, is it provided online as well, or is it just in person? It's going to be in person because the reason why we're doing this is because our work is in person and it's direct. So people need to know. And you know what? We want them to come to the West side. They're coming to the beautiful side of um, the West side. Um, But we're hopeful that the West side will not be will stop being the wild, wild West or the worst side and become the best side when people start helping. Because what we want to do is that we want the West siders to help the West siders, the North enders with the North enders, the South enders, you know. Let's embrace the hurt in your community and let us start saving lives. So that's why if people are interested, they're more than welcome to come on the 19th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Parkview United Methodist Church. Slower, Esther. Say it slower. Okay. Parkview United Methodist Church. It's located in 344 South Algonquin Avenue in Columbus, Ohio. Just Google Parkview United Methodist Church is a really nice area really pretty too. I was let's hear our website again. 1dl2h.org. 1dl2h.org. Okay. And we'll make sure that this is on um, Grassroot Ohio's uh, Facebook page and um, your information on the, on your fundraiser will be also there as well. We need to wrap it up, but if you had to say just like one word or two words, what can people do to help you the most? Love heals. That's all I'm going to say. Two words, love heals. And in order for love to heal, you need to be engaged. Learn about us. We are truly love in motion in every capacity. And if, if it wasn't by, by our tactics, yeah, two words. Okay. Love heals. That's it. <laughs> How about you, Molly? I'm just going to keep it real. Donate now. <laughs> all right. We need money. <laughs> Thank you Donate so now. much. Love you. Donate now. I love it. Thank you so much, you two. All Thank right. Thank you. Be All right. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, 
and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down.